Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF podcast. And this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello, dear listener, and welcome back to Owning It, the Anxiety Podcast with me, Caroline Ford. First of all, I just want to mention my Patreon page again. Thank you so much to people who have subscribed or become patrons. It means the world. If you want to throw a couple of euro into the owning a tip jar every month, you can do so. And it just means that I'll be able to keep going with the podcast for as long as possible and creating content that helps people manage their anxiety. This week on the show, I'm so happy to be joined by Annette Kelly, who you'll probably know more so as Little Kenny Thoughts on Instagram and Facebook. She's from the North. She's from Tyrone. She's the sweetest little thing. She has the most divine accent I could listen to her all day and we have a really really lovely conversation about her experience of anxiety and the power of self-talk so she's all about words and language and the power of what you say to yourself and the quality of your thoughts and how much your anxiety can stem from that and for her that was really at the core of her anxiety was how she spoke to herself and what she believed about herself and what she thought about herself so I got a lot from this episode I think it's really important to consider the importance of your self-talk it's not something to roll your eyes at it's it's huge and I hope that you find this helpful thank you so much for tuning in I am thrilled finally to have had the chance and the time to sit down with Annette Kelly of Little Penny Thoughts. Annette, welcome to Owning It. Thank you so much for having me, Caroline. And thank you for making the journey down to Dublin. We're sitting here in my living room, hoping that Bear, the dog, will behave. He's in the kitchen. He's had a good walk, so I'm hoping he'll just chill out now so we can have a good chat. He's very cute. He's very cute. Um, So we met back in January. We Which did. feels like five minutes ago, in some ways, at the BO event up in the yes, north. Yes, I'll never forget it. Um, it was a great day, and I can remember you were wearing a lovely red outfit. I looked like I worked for Emirates that day. It was a terrible, <laughs> no, terrible outfit I loved choice. It. I oh. loved it, because you were beside me on the panel discussion, and I can remember thinking... I'll really get on with us, Gary. She's good crack. Thanks. Um, yeah, I just, I mean, I loved your whole vibe and your message straight away, and then obviously followed you on Instagram. And every day it's a source of just a little reminder that, you know, you've got this, you're okay. We're all in it together, we're all feeling it together. Yeah, I suppose a big driving force behind Little Penny Thoughts um, is to help people to see their own worth and maybe to stop being so hard on themselves. Um, yeah, I know that we can be quite hard on ourselves mm. and we can be our own worst critic 
at times I know I am and every day I work to silence that inner critic um, so it doesn't take over. Yeah, I think that's just such a massive driver of anxiety. I mean, whatever about specific circumstance like a job that's not making someone happy or perhaps that they've gone through something in their life, but I think that inner oppressor or critic mm. that we all have in, in every walk of life seems to be the anxious voice in our head saying we're not good enough or we can't do this or the one that's trying to hold us back Um, without a doubt um sometimes we can really get in our own way and it's not you know the outside voice or what other people say it's the inner voice and um i suppose growing up i didn't have that inner voice Mm. um i'll just tell you a bit about my childhood yeah what inspired little penny yeah so i grew up in rural um county tyrone in a little place called carrick moor and very happy childhood Growing up um, at secondary school, had a blast at college as well, up at St Mary's University. And then I went travelling. And it was only really when I hit my mid-twenties. Um, I'm 30 now, by the way. Mm-hmm. My 30th year, hard to believe. But when I hit my mid-twenties, I maybe lost my sense of self. Um, I felt as if I didn't have a purpose, maybe I didn't belong I didn't have this, I don't look like that. I started feeling very inadequate about me and my life. And that, that the feelings that I was feeling there were so unnatural to me because I was always a very happy-go-lucky person. But I do think that in your 20s can be a very, you know, strange time in terms of, you know, self-discovery. But yeah, you're, not... you're becoming an adult, but you still feel a lot like... A scared child. Without a doubt. And, you know, I felt very protected at school, university, even travelling. Just, you know, that I I did have a lot of fun in life. And, I, and I, then when I came home, I felt that um, you know, f- from my travels, I thought, right, I need to get my shit together, so to say. Can I say that? Yeah. <laughs> I'm always um, So, you know, getting everything together and, you know... Um, I should have this, I should have that. And, you know, it was all just, I was berating myself and really running myself down. Um, in the meantime, yeah, back to your question about where did little panic thoughts come from? I probably, I've always had a love of quotes and I would have shared them on my personal Facebook page. And then I may have got an honest friend ringing me being like, are you okay? <laughs> are you okay, <laughs> you know, hon? Are you okay, hon? Like, what does that feel about? Yeah. Who did that? Or who said that? Or what? Has something happened? And I'm like, um, no, everything's grand. I just like that quote. And, you know, I just thought I'd pump it out. But it was never really um, specific to what was going on in my life. Okay. They were just, you know, quotes. Quotes with meaning. I, I don't really do generic quotes mm-hmm. or cheesy quotes. I, I try my best to steer away from them. I always try and um, put out a quote with meaning. Maybe not so at the start, but definitely now I'm very... I'm choosy with my quotes. Because and are the quotes that you're putting out there a combination of quotes that have been around for years and your own quotes? Yep. Well, initially in 2015 from my bedroom, um, I was pumping out just any quote that inspired me, you name it, Bob Marley, Ellen DeGeneres, Gandhi. Um, there was there was such a wide range of quotes that you know resonated with me and I would have put them up. But Little Panic Thoughts actually came from my sister's purse. So I wanted to create a positivity page online and my sister being my sister and she's now the co-founder of Little Penny Thoughts. Um, she was like, all right, and she supported me in my weird and wonderful idea and I said, I don't know what I'm going to name it. 
And then her purse was sitting in front of me and it said a penny for your thoughts. Oh, wow. So then I thought, right, penny thoughts. And Orla says, throw little into it and has a ring to it. Then Orla, she's a graphic designer and now the creative director of Little Penny Thoughts, the, the company. And she created a logo and that's our logo to this very day. So it's like a cloud and with our our script text in the middle of it and I love it and it'll always be our logo because it's such significant Mm. meaning so you kind of had to lose your way to find your purpose without a doubt um it was during them times when I was setting up little panic thoughts or not even setting it up just open up a Facebook page that I would have said I was very lost and maybe words were my source of comfort and mm. I know words can hurt or words can heal. And I'm all about the words, the healing, healing words, so to, say, the, so to say, the words you say to yourself and indeed the words you say to others. Mm. But um, I know when someone, someone can say something to you and it mightn't resonate, but you could read something and it totally resonates or doesn't yeah, it kind of creates for me with a quote and I mean I have a chapter in, in my first book that's dedicated to you know to quotes that are just give you a little pause for reflection to, and they kind of I think because not someone's not saying it to you it kind of sinks in a little bit it registers a little bit slower maybe you've got time to kind of process it do you yeah. find that oh without a doubt yeah. um it's just and as I say the beauty of quotes um it's open to interpretation mm. so the quotes I pump out on an online daily basis um some people might agree with it and yeah. some people may not and yeah so you're never going to please everyone. you know that, that's that's it you're not going to please everyone and the term you know a penny for your thoughts you know the th- your thought process was um a big trigger for my anxiety um back in 2016 when it really came to the fore when I so to say owned it yeah and I actually says do you know what I, I actually have anxiety you know I was actually diagnosed um which I didn't want the label, mm. you know, and I still don't want the label, but I still own, I still own it in terms of, yes, that was a part of my life and probably will be a part of my life because we can all slip into um, anxious periods of or course. even action, anxious days or hours, but it's, um, I've now learned to train my brain through cognitive behaviour therapy not to fall into uh, a rut like that turns into a week. Mm. a month and you know no long term I can kind of you know get myself out of it self-help but not at the start not when it was a foreign feeling to me and I, mm. I, I describe it to people that has never experienced anxiety it's like a foreign feeling that you don't want there and you're you're trying desperately to get it out but when you don't know you know you, in your book you said about assessing you know mm. what the f is this yeah it's very, at the start I was totally shocked because previous to suffering from anxiety, life was life was hunky dory. So you couldn't find a good enough reason to justify the anxiety that you were feeling in your mid twenties. There was there was no reason, like as in trauma ways. So therefore, I would have hid it a lot and felt guilty for feeling like that because I had it good. I had great friends, great family, a good job. I was a teacher. Um, How did um, it manifest for you? My anxiety, mm. um, through isolating, isolating myself more, not talking about my feelings in terms of I would only talk about good things. You know, okay. I just wanted to be the height of crack in the life and soul of the party. I was a bit of the class clown. But when I was feeling like this, I didn't want to socialise with people. So I would have definitely um, would have hid away. And how did it feel? 
How did the, did the anxiety affect you physically? Oh, without a doubt. Um, weight loss. And then the, the funny thing about that is when you lost weight, people were saying, you look so good. Yeah. And me, my, you know, and I look back at the, those days when I was maybe, you know, seven and a half stone and look at my eyes and I can see a very unhappy wee gear. But yet, you might have got all these likes on your personal profile saying, you look so well. And mm. that's why I never comment on people's looks now. Mm. I always how do you feel? That's you know, more important. Or I never say you look good. Yeah. Looking good and feeling good is two different things. Absolutely. I mean, I used to find that so frustrating in that, you know, when there wasn't enough awareness about mental mm. health and when, when I wasn't really talking about it. And I, I, when I started to kind of broach the topic with people, um, I'm sure you look fine. And what else, what have you got to be, you know, you look, your eyes are healthy, your eyes are bright. Right. I'm like, you can't fucking see yeah. anxiety. I mean, you can sometimes at, yeah. at a certain point. I don't know, yes. I also lost a lot of weight. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it, you're, you're dead right to if you're going to comment on something or ask someone about something how do you, how do you feel not yeah. you look a certain way because it yeah. could be one of it could be anything really well, that's it and that you know it's you know going through anxiety has taught me so much about myself and so much you know it's given me a lot of compassion even for other people because you know everyone's going through something mm-hmm. or you know and it's a, you know I love that quote that everyone you meet is facing a battle that you, you know, know nothing about. about. Yeah. So just don't be, don't be a dick. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm trying to find yeah, the words. I, know. I was going to say it as well. You should probably say something no, more profound. No, I was trying to be more profound. Sometimes, you know, people <laughs> was like, you know, herself. about World Kindness Day. And I was like, yeah, well, I'm just going to say it's don't be a dick day. Yeah, you know, and every it. day you should make that. But even to yourself, I'm not even talking about to others. See, when you're a wee bit kind to yourself and being a wee mm. bit more dead on to yourself, you automatically become a nicer person to others. Yeah. Um, I deliver workshops and they're very informal and they're full of crack and but people get something from it. Mm-hmm. So I hear and I hope <laughs> also. But the main thing is I try to, you know, speak about is becoming your own wee best friend. As cheesy as that sounds. And it is something that sounds cheesy and people probably rubbish it and say, oh, if only I could just be my best friend. But I definitely, I mean, I did a special episode on self-compassion and what always makes a difference for me and maybe why, you know, things like positive affirmations is something that I'm open to is because of how it actually affects our bodies at a biological level and being compassionate with yourself and being your own best friend is not just about kumbaya mm. or anything. It's about exactly. This, it's actually calming down the cortisol, and I sound like a broken record about this, but so important. It's, it's not just a nice idea. It's no, it's not a quote in the wall. No, it's not a cliche. You know, you've got this yeah. quote in the wall. Be your own best mate. It's actually because you wake up in the morning, you're with yourself and your thoughts. You go to bed at night, you're with yourself and your thoughts. You might as well, you know you're kind of stuck with yourself Mm. so to speak but you might as well enjoy your own company you Mm -hmm. know and that's it all relates back to the quality of your thoughts um and if your quality of your thoughts are you know negative or if you're really running yourself down you know you have to check in with yourself and take steps in order to pull them negative thoughts out look at them and see if there's any evidence to back up what you're saying such as you're not good enough you won't get that job, he doesn't like you, she doesn't like you, all that negative self-talk that can create anxiety in your world, 
that's where my anxiety stemmed from was my negative self-talk and why do you think you were speaking so negatively to yourself I mean I know we all do it but was there anything that you now look back and and can make sense of at that time in your life like what were the thoughts in your head probably um people pleasing wanting to please everybody not wanting to offend anyone um you know totally neglecting my self-care being a yes woman, I, I found it. I still hard find it hard to say mm. no, but uh, back then I was, I was everywhere but the crimp. You know, <laughs> I was like yes, yes, yes. You know, and whereas now I know that if I'm asked to do something, I think right, is this going to bring me, um, peace or pressure? Um, so maybe it was a, it was a very hectic time in my life, and, and you were trying to figure out what you were going like, to do work, and like work life balance, and even you know as a teacher, as much as I love teaching. I never felt like a good enough teacher for my my wee pupils, and I was good enough. I was more. Where than, do you think that comes from? Um, wanting to be be the best you can be, perfectionism, um, and imposter syndrome. Imposter syndrome. So, wanting to you know do the best, be the best, but not actually thinking that you know, and that you've done your best, and that's all mm. you can do. Teaching for me was very much a chasing your tail game. I never really got job satisfaction you know I never got the Friday feeling because I always would have took my home my work home with me and that was a reflection on my mindset and my lack of um, knowledge on you know the importance of work-life balance so I would say that a burnout would have been a big trigger for maybe anxiety as well and actually just speaking here about it today it's not often and it's not often I speak about it um, on my platform be because for the simple reason being sometimes I feel vulnerable but podcasts like this are a perfect opportunity to talk about it to create a wee bit of awareness um, for those that don't know mm. what anxiety is like but also for those who are maybe going through it and if- do you think with your platform now because people are coming to you for inspiration and for the feeling of being uplifted are you in a roundabout way back to putting pressure on yourself not to be vulnerable in order to satisfy your new role um yes yes and no um with little penny thoughts it's it's not really a persona it's okay. a brand okay so it's not you it's, it's not me yeah. like I, people would call me penny and like, <laughs> oh no no <laughs> no it's uh, i'm still in that little penny thoughts is very much a brand we do um positivity merchandise um such as calendars and diaries um, and then me, my personal work is um, a personal development coach, um, which I'm studying my diploma at the minute over with wow. the Coaching Academy in London, which I love. So I found my niche. Um, I don't give advice online. I believe it's, for me, it's unethical. If someone comes to me for advice through an Instagram page, I, I can't, you know you know you don't know anything about yeah. their history and things like that in order you'd be doing yourself at a service and them at a service if you were to um give out advice online and I also encourage people I get a lot of vulnerable people contacting me I would also encourage them to go through the professional route yeah you know your GP and you know my route was GP and then on to cognitive behavior therapy so I would encourage people to go down that route if it's um extreme yeah so to go back to that phase for you um I'm just interested in in teasing that yes apart a bit more you were were you coping but just feeling not great or did you get like we said Bernie did you get to a point where it started to really impact your getting up and going around about your Um, day and then that brought you to the doctor 
Well, no, it would have been a total burnout. It was, you know, front, front, front. Nothing's nothing's wrong, you know, keep keep up appearances on that. And then mm. the mask slips. And then that would have Do you been... remember the day that happened? Yes, I, ca- I can. I can remember the day that it happened. Um, it was actually in the classroom that things just, you know, I started to zone out. And that's when I needed to be, you know, that's when I knew that I needed to take time off work. And, you know, going in and talking to your principal about that when they don't even, wouldn't even realise was very hard for me and probably a, a shock. Because you hadn't even admitted person. it to yourself, let alone trying to explain Absolute, it to your boss. Absolutely not. When, you know, so a panic attack would have happened. and okay. then How did that feel? Just outer body experience. Just very much, um, I, like, I, I can't even explain it. It was just so so strange mm. and very like very scary like you've lost control everything's happening around you but you've lost your breath mm-hmm. and breathing um and was it scary for me like I always say the big thing the big fear for me was it wasn't oh I feel like I'm having a heart attack and then being told no you're not you're fine it was like why why am I having this for mm-hmm. no reason then I was afraid of the fear and I was afraid that I was capable of getting to that point mm-hmm. where I was sort of starting to shut down and break down and have these panic attacks. I mean, yes. did you feel that way as well? Well, definitely. I felt, you know, I wanted to control it mm. and I couldn't control it. And that was a, that did create a lot of fear and, you know, would have added to anxiety. It was only when I actually took time off work that I, I don't even know during that first, you know, period whether I did get better as such because I felt guilty for being off work. And what I felt did- also ashamed. Yeah. And that, what know, did you say to your your um, the principal when when you first went to, to to say you need a bit of time? Just um that was that was back four years ago and I was very much not owning it um that I needed needed time off didn't didn't feel too well you know but we'd have never have said the words just maybe have, we'd have put it down to a physical symptom yeah something so, that isn't your fault oh so yes yeah, so I just don't feel well you know I need to. And a wee bit of time up, maybe it's a virus. Mm. Whereas now, if that was happening to me now, and I have the knowledge, I would be saying exactly, you know, how I feel, you know, stressed, anxious, you know. I don't even say, see this saying, um, oh, you're not yourself. Mm. That irks me a wee bit because what is, what is yourself? Yeah. You know, you have to be, you have to be honest with your, and every, uh, what I love to tell people is that every emotion is valid. Mm-hmm. you know whether it's sadness whether it's happiness pain it's still you because we have a whole plethora of emotions that we can experience well this, well, this is it not just your, your happy bits I just thought back in the day um, um, when I you know, pre pre maybe going through um, anxiety and depression I would have very much wanted one emotion and one emotion only and that was happiness but not just happiness as in you know, contentment. It was like I always wanted to be elated and happy, and I was always a wee bit hyper. Mm. Whereas now I like crave emotion or not emotion. I crave um contentment. Mm. That's my. That's what I want. Well, it, it's funny actually. I'm in the middle of writing a chapter uh, for my third book about our pursuit of happiness and how really when we talk about wanting to achieve happiness and have more of it in our in our lives, we're really talking about contentment because happiness is 
it's such a fleeting you know spike of happiness we can all experience these moments of 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 elation or joy but we all go back to a resting point um, and it's called um hedonistic adaptation okay where we you know we think if we win the lotto or we think if you know if i get to this thing i'll, I'll be happy um, and it goes the same way for when something bad happens to you you experience a high and you settle back mm-hmm. you adapt always so you always go back to that level and that level is where you want to feel contentment yeah and that's what you want to fortify and nurture and cherish not be seeking these moments of constant happiness it's not sustainable it's not sustainable because when there comes a high you know there's a low yeah. um i perform a lot on the stage you mm-hmm. know i would from a young year i would have loved you know my parts and plays and stuff like that but see that adrenaline rush on the stage i just loved that really? i would love to bottle it now I mean, that was, you know, years ago, whereas now is I can perform on the stage and leave it there. Yeah. You know, and I don't crave it. I don't crave my next high as such adrenaline. Um, and I'm lucky that I never, you know, didn't, you know, self-soothe through drugs or alcohol as well. And I really believe that would have helped me. Um on my path and I never say of recovery I know because it's not it's because, not it's you know, just coping in life it's yeah just, and it's not even you know I beat this or I no, beat no, that no, it's no. just it's literally just saying I experienced this um and then you, know, you own it and now I I accept it and own it and can talk about it as uncomfortable sometimes that makes me feel why does it make you feel uncomfortable probably because it's a place I don't want to revisit. Me too. Yeah, I mean, I it's it's like a fear that it'll come back and get you. That's it, you know. But I know with that, with the platform online, you know, if I can help, it's not even awareness. There's lots of awareness happening. Just if I can open up the conversation and continue the open conversations that that are, that is happening throughout Ireland at the minute, I want to be part of that. Mm. You know, breaking the stigma, talking about emotions because years ago you shouldn't you can't say that or you shouldn't say that and I did you know what did your friends say when you when you eventually started telling them were they like oh me too or what did you feel very because I mean I definitely felt like I was the only person in the world and everyone else looked and seemed fine which I know was part of the problem friends were shocked that you know I was going through this um would have a different you know of comments saying you never think that you would get that or suffer from this and you know yeah, the, you know, and my friends are amazing, and they've, they've stuck through me th- through thick and thin, through the highs and lows, and the, are massive supporters of what I'm doing at the minute. Sh- definitely very surprised, um. But at that time, I wanted to keep it hush hush. You know, I wanted to let them know that, you know, if, if I'm not answering the phone or not going out with you, please don't take offence. Exactly. You know, whereas you know, for the like the public, you know, as a teacher, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't want to be seen as you know anything being wrong and inverted commas and there's not there was nothing wrong it was just something that I was going going through that many many people do as well for me a lot of it was guilt I shouldn't feel like this because I have a good life the word shouldn't shouldn't yeah. so I've eliminated the word shouldn't have you how did you get to that point probably through a lot of um self-acceptance and self-discovery about how the the negative connotation of the word shouldn't you know, it's such it can be so debilitating when you think that oh, you shouldn't do this or you shouldn't do that or you shouldn't feel like that, especially in terms of feelings. Now, the way I feel is the way I feel. There's no should, could or would, but there is a way through the feelings, especially if they are 
unpleasant mm. and even it's not even as black or white as a positive feeling or a negative feeling because things are going to happen in life and you know another quote coming at you here is that um life is 10 percent of what happens to you and 90 percent how you react it mm. so i would work a lot in my you know reaction this is Paige, the co-host of giggly squad and i want to tell you about a company that i've been loving olive in june olive in june gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box and if you break it down it really comes out to two dollars a manicure which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365 day returns. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Um, and was you mentioned earlier um, cognitive behavioral therapy? Would you credit that as being one of the major, I guess, sources of, of getting to a point where you're owning it, where it, that you could understand? The impact of self-talk and, and the impact of, of your thoughts and how they influence your behaviours and your feelings? For me, and you know, personally, CBT, cognitive behaviour therapy was a lifeline for me. Um, also, my therapist was amazing, you know, and I will definitely, you know, I look back and I think of my first few sessions with her, how reluctant I was to be there because I was made go. This wasn't a choice. I was so you didn't going, want to address it. I didn't it. want, you know, I didn't want to because I wasn't on the the accepting stage of the I was even going through this. But I have very supportive family that um clubbed together and they they made sure that I that I went, and then I started to actually engage with the lady and her name's Kjorn. Hello, Karen. If you're listening, I love how you speak. Karen, Karen, So, and she just took me on a journey of. I don't even like that word journey. Took me on a process of writing at what, how are you speaking to yourself? Because that's that was the the root cause of all my fear and anxiety was actually my self talk. You know, nothing was being said to me. It was all inward, and my mm. own thoughts. And she helped me to pull out those thoughts, write them down, look at them, and was there any evidence to back them up? And if there is, okay. But if there's not, 
then where is this coming from? So she had helped me so much to rationalise my thinking and also help, like, you know, paranoid thoughts, mm. you know, even of what other people are saying about you. You can't control that. Catastrophic thinking and worst case scenario thinking. That and catastrophizing yeah. was my big thing, you know. You know, what if, what if, what if, you know, this is going to happen. And she just helped me retrain my brain. Like, actually get, you know skills and it did take work there was no that's the thing I mean because it is I've written about this and talked about it a lot um, and it sounds like as simple as writing your thoughts down and saying okay you're bullshit so I'm not going to accept you (laughs) anymore and if only it was that easy easy. it takes a long time your your brain is so used to going down those neural pathways of of saying this to yourself and believing this to yourself and it going to that point of worst case scenario that it's it takes a long time to carve out a new pathway which says and believes and accepts Mm -hmm. maybe this isn't the way I need to be yeah. thinking. Maybe I am good enough. Maybe this mm-hmm. is. Maybe it will work out okay. And mm-hmm. um, that takes a long time, and constant definitely. effort. Effort, and you know, it was it was effort, and it was wasn't definitely wasn't easy. But you know, for the long run, it's benefited me mm-hmm. so much because I wasn't going back. You know, there was nothing that couldn't be helped with my situation. You know, as I say, it was very situational. You know, it didn't stem from trauma yeah. or abuse you know it was it sounds like it really was generated by your mm-hmm. own internal voice and self-talk 100 percent. that's why i'm so passionate now about you know even you know becoming i didn't want to be i didn't want to be a therapist but i knew i wanted to help people yeah and being a therapist and a coach are two different things they're two different worlds apart you know a coach is someone that helps people you know set goals and you know meet make goals and you know my goal setting for people is, you know, confidence and building a more positive mindset in their world. Um, whereas therapy is a is a different skill. Mm. Um, so for if anyone's listening and their self talk is just, I mean, you know, in the gutter, own worst mm-hmm. enemy, um, things you'd say to yourself that you'd never dream of saying to someone else. Mm-hmm. Where do you where should they start with trying to change that? Well. It would be monitoring them thoughts and, you know, because sometimes, you know, I still would talk to myself course, in negative yeah. ways, it's natural, but if it's, if it's not, You catch yourself. You know, you can't, yeah, that's exactly what I'm, what I'm going on to now is, you know, catching them thoughts, okay, so especially if they're negative towards your yourself, challenging them, thinking, is it true or is it false? Is this all in my head? And then if it is, change them change them and that that can be derived from not just running yourself down even you know catastrophizing scenarios thinking that's you know something's wrong um you know catch that feeling challenge it to see if you've any evidence or truth in this statement and then change it to to what you know I find it helps to I mean people always sort of think you have to not think this way or not have those thoughts Mm -hmm. pop up or or say those things to yourself but sometimes I mean they're going to come and they're going to happen Mm -hmm. anyway but you can choose whether or not you want to accept the narrative Mm -hmm. that your brain is Mm -hmm. giving you and maybe like you said there you could be run down there could be a whole host of vulnerability factors that are contributing Mm -hmm. to this narrative that's coming Mm -hmm. at you maybe you've got a period if you're a woman maybe you've just got too much on um, Mm -hmm. maybe you're just physically under the weather um, or maybe you just have a history of just being very, very hard on yourself. Without and, a doubt. Yeah, and I think you need to you need to distinguish between what your brain is telling you and what is reality. And that's see, so hard. That that's really hard. It's really hard and you know, we're bombarded every day 
with insight into other people's world. Yeah. And that can add to feelings of inadequacy as well. Um, we have so much access into other people's world, especially if you're on social media. You can see what people are eating for their breakfast. Mm-hmm. You can see what car they drive, the holidays are going, the jobs are in, the relationships they have. And then you start to play the compare game and it's the most dangerous game in the world. Um, comparison is a thief of joy. You know, I live by that, you know, you will never be anyone else and no one else will be you. And Kurt Cobain also said, wanting to be someone else is, you know, a waste of time mm. because you're never going to be anybody else and you have to kind of own your own self, own your quirks, your... And how you know you're perfectly imperfect mm. and I think for me I don't look into other people's lives and and wish I was them because that's that's never going to happen um do you feel Caroline even online that you can be even in our industry you know kind of the well-being mm. and you know I know you're in you know books and authors would you sometimes even compare oh oh my god I'm the worst for it yeah I uh like I've actually taken such extreme measures as to curate my feed to such an extent that I'm it's not it's not that I don't want to see from people that I like or that are my friends I just the tendency to compare or put yourself down is Mm -hmm. so likely with me that I I don't even want to see anything that could potentially allow me to compare so I just follow things that are completely nothing to do with me or, you know, like, at my feed is just a combination of um, nice, like, uplifting, like, your, your quotes, um, yeah. gossip from America that has yes. nothing to do with my yeah. reality. Um, yeah, I, it's so been it's social comparison. You're focusing on your own lane, on exactly. your own grass. Yeah, but yeah. it's, I mean, social comparison is definitely a big driver of anxiety for me. So yeah. I'm, I'm trying really hard to work on, you know, the the truth that, and this is another focus of my next book, is that mm-hmm. someone else's success doesn't take from yours. And it's true, but it's very hard to believe because we're kind of programmed to think that there's scarcity of opportunities and, you know, if someone's doing really well, that, oh, I've lost out. And it's just yes. not, it's it's a kind of an evolutionary um, survival mm-hmm. thing I've kind of been reading about. So social comparison is going to happen. It always has happened. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a driver of anxiety. So you need to work on, I guess, the belief that someone else's success takes from yours. But at the same time, limit or take yourself I mean just spending less time on the phone is for me is really important like time you know I would have stopped you know scrolling mm. in the morning times I used to go for a scrollathon. yeah not before a you even like brush your teeth you know that's it and I was inviting so many you know people into my room before my feet even hit the floor so now I just I don't do it because I you know I'm a big into my morning routine what is your morning routine then? so my morning routine is very simple you know because I you know I'm self-employed now um, I am my own boss and you know every day varies but that doesn't mean that I lie on mm-hmm. in bed because lying on doesn't give me energy. I used to think it did in the past but now you know I'm very much get up, get out, get at it even if you don't you don't yeah. have yeah, yeah, anything yeah. planned that day and usually you know I'm I'm lucky enough that I do however you know, I, I make things happen you know but in the morning times I would get up and I would, you know, do all the things, you know, cleansing, cleanse, stone, yeah. moisturize. No, I'm only joking. Actually, <laughs> I do not. I would, I'm not that perfect person. I brush my teeth, wash my face. Then breakfast is a big thing for me. And breakfast, I just, I just, there's something about, you know, going for breakfast is lovely. But now sometimes I like to make my own breakfast. It just varies. But eating in the morning has now become 
a massive part of my morning routine whether I you know eat out and do work at a local cafe or whether I, I cook for myself and at this point you're still not looking at your phone you're giving this is you time if if you can manage not social media emails maybe okay. you know if it's if it's work related yeah but I'm still not trying my very best to stay away like I've took off notifications on my mm. phone so I'm not you know tempted mm-hmm. you know to look at, at social media how is um, your self-talk these days my self-talk would be pretty positive, you know, in terms of, you know, you're doing the best you can. What do you believe about yourself now? Oh, that is, that's probably the toughest question. Um, what do I believe about myself and in what way? Like, what kind of beliefs would you have been feeding yourself that you now have disputed okay. and you believe and that you're not afraid to say? I mean, obviously, look, it's more important that you say it to yourself. Yes. You don't necessarily need to say to yes. the whole world that you think you're fantastic. But it's really important that you believe yeah. believe it yourself. So how have those beliefs changed? Well, now I believe I have a purpose. I believe I have a message. And I believe in my own self-worth. And it doesn't come from anybody else but me, you know, the whole concept of, you know, my workshops are wellness from within. So I believe that wellness does come from within. And the only way that I can, you know, become well or be well is from within inside of me and the choices I make, the, the things I tell myself and the actions I take. That sounds very philosophical, mm, doesn't it? I like Break it. Down. What are you most proud of with yourself? And the, and the I know we hate the word journey, but I, the process that I you've been... The path, um... I suppose I have the journey and the path. Um, we're all on one. Um, I'm probably most proud of creating the plat the platform of Little Penny Thoughts and how maybe it's not only helping me on a daily basis but lots of people from over the world. I get lots of messages of people just saying simply, "I needed to hear that quote today," and sometimes that's that's enough for me because you don't know what someone's going through and maybe them words help them. To maybe anchor them or give them a wee bit of strength once again I believe in the power of words and the power of the written word as well and you know I really appreciate how people sometimes get back to me and, and say that I'm not claiming to be Mother Teresa <laughs> you know far from it but I'm I'm most proud of that maybe I'm making a difference and mm. um, people tell me every day that in my own wee way, I make a difference and I like to sometimes shun up and be like, not, not a bit, not a bit. But then when you sit back and think of the, the feedback you're getting or, you know, it's just, it's very humbling and I'm extremely grateful for it. And also the, the wonderful opportunities that Little Penny Thoughts has presented. I wouldn't be sitting here, <laughs> you know, if not, and I wouldn't be getting to speak all around Ireland and the UK as well. And I love that. You know, that's, I love, you know, sharing my message with others, opening the conversation around mental health and well-being and just, you know, doing my best. And you are doing your best and you're doing an incredible job. And it's amazing. I mean, I, I feel this too, where it's amazing to know that you've made even a little bit of difference in someone's life. But yeah. where you have to be careful then is that when, when you see yourself as a person that people are turning to, mm-hmm. that you still put the oxygen mask on yourself first every time definitely so as much as you have done so well to spread your message and you know you have to still watch your energy output and your energy mm-hmm. input and so how how are you looking after yourself now how do you keep your anxiety from resurfacing yes. now so um self-care is the best care it's not selfish it's essential so i would communicate daily to the people that i love you know keep you know very much 
talk to my friends, talk to my family, keep in touch, you know, coffee dates, you know, socialising, that's a big thing for me because, mm. you know, it can be when you're on this journey, sometimes it can be, you know, a wee bit lonely at oh, times. Oh, yeah. yeah. God, it's, I am so sick of my own company yeah, writing this book. <laughs> yeah, yes, and, you know, sometimes, you you know, you miss maybe the workplace environment. Yeah. And I do, you know, I do work alongside my sister and that's lovely too. But in terms of the whole keeping anxiety at bay, you know, self-care, so that's, you know, your social element. I I'm not even going to say exercise, but movement for me is key, getting out in nature walking you know hikes um things like that you know I would definitely I couldn't recommend more and especially this year I really you know embrace that mm -hmm. you know that the importance of movement and you know exercise as and when I can and are you good now at recognizing the signs before it kind of comes to you saying look I can feel that I'm going down the route of feeling a little bit overwhelmed again I'm going to take a step back are you allowing yourself the chance to do that Probably, you know, sometimes it just happens, you know, I would say it's, I still struggle to say no to certain things. So sometimes, you know, events or, you know, talks can happen and then everything can come on top of you and all of a sudden you're feeling, you know, a heightened sense of mm -hmm. anxiety, but it's only temporary. It's just overwhelmed. It's overwhelmed. Yeah. Overwhelmed. Yeah, that's definitely, it's just a wee bit overwhelmed. But I know to make sure to try and give yourself time and space and days off mm -hmm. because it's very easy not to take a day off and to do it without the guilt that's it do it without the guilt and not feel as if you're not you know see this whole you know grafting and grinding and hustle it doesn't wash with me no you know it either. doesn't it doesn't wash me you can you know you can do things a lot of things can be accomplished with little fuss and you know you don't have to work you know all the hours that are sent to you you know you, you have to separate you have to get a work-life balance do I have it absolutely not um I'm striving to mm -hmm. some weeks are hectic some weeks are that wee bit quieter but I'm just trying to get the balance but that's my aim for you know 2020. I also feel though with the kind of work that you and I do a balance which is based on you know x amount of hours working x amount of hours not it's probably unrealistic so I remember I interviewed um this amazing woman called Wendy who works at LinkedIn who put the idea in my head of because also she was like it's not happening work-life balance is yeah. not happening work-life blending oh mm. I like it work-life blending so it's like you know you're going to be doing some work maybe at 10 p.m at night or maybe you're going to be having a nap at two o'clock in the day it's about easing in and out and you know ha having that adaptability that flexibility and, and kind of owning that as well which sure. You know, because I can't, I'm not, I'm never going to sit there for eight hours and then just do nothing. And sometimes it just comes to me in the evening where I'm like, yes. I need to do this thing. So it's blending, not balancing. Yes, I like that. Mm. I've never heard of that term before. So yeah. thank you, Wendy mm. and Caroline. I think also um, about the, the work-life balance, a lot of things that I would attend are social. Mm -hmm. Social things and, you know, that that can be lovely as well. But back in the day, like I literally, Caroline would have went to the opening of an envelope. I would have been there, but now I'm, I, you know, don't, you know, don't think that I, but don't put myself under pressure to be sociable all the time. Yeah, you have to value but, your time. Yeah, and that, I, yeah. yeah, and I love my own, my own space, my own company as well, as, as sociable as I am. Can you be like an introvert and an extrovert? Yes, you, know you what? can. It's an ambivert. I'm an ambivert. I think everyone who I've spoken to on this podcast has been an ambivert without realizing. I'm an ambivert. That is me because you know I'm definitely an extrovert. You know I'm very sociable, 
but I love my own time. Yeah, totally. You charge it. inwardly and then you take that energy and you yes. put it out. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And is there a mantra or a quote of all the quotes that you've put out there that you've come across that you have plastered on your walls or that you live by yeah. your mind stuff of every day? Pressures for tires. <sighs> yeah. So just I don't put myself under pressure. I don't let anyone else put me under pressure. I just don't think pressure is for people. Some people work well under pressure. Maybe I used to, but not now. I'm all about, you know, pacing, you know, pacing everything um, in terms of work. But even my personal life, you know, my not a pressure to meet the one, not a pressure to be married by a certain age, not a pressure to have children by a certain age. I eliminate that you know maybe societal mm. pressure that can be projected upon uh, maybe a woman of 30 um also don't put pressure on myself with, with social media trying to be someone i'm not the last thing i want to be seen is this positive penny every day when i'm most certainly not you're I'm a net like to, i'm a net and i am a net but even i'm not always positive as a net you know i'm very much i want to be as real and transparent as possible yeah i think just being authentic so, it's not it's not positive or negative it's authentic it. just being and that's the high, that's the most valuable currency i think these days it'll get you far it'll serve you well it'll make you happy it'll help yeah. you sleep it will yeah bring you to your purpose and it will you know i just think authenticity yeah, i think there's a lot of you know you can there can be a lot of pressure can put yourself under a lot of pressure but then you know there can be a lot of pressure from external sources as well but it's, it's just knowing what matters mm. you know for me my health my wealth my family and friends are the key and that that's my way you know I want to be happy so that I can be the best version of me you know for them and for myself mm. but they're you know that's what it's all about and mm. you know I take pleasure in the simple things in life and years ago, I didn't, you know, I, as I said, I chased the highs and life had to be an exciting adventure. Now give me a cup of tea any day and fluffy socks and cozy oh, pajamas. And my and... fluffy socks, look, they're there waiting for me later on. I cannot wait to put them on. Um, so Annette, if people want to follow you or maybe attend a workshop that you have coming up, is there anything in the works? Yes. Well, I do, I do workshops, um, kind of cozy intimate cafe workshops at the minute i've done a spring and summer and winter series mm-hmm. and then we're planning maybe bigger wellness from within events in 2020 and so will this be around ireland all around ireland and the yeah, uk and the uk as okay. well because i have a lot um, of listeners now funnily enough even though i'm irish it's an irish podcast more of them are from the uk than not yes so, so just keep an eye on my you know instagram and facebook um at little penny thoughts little underscore penny underscore thoughts on instagram because I lost my password for Little Penny Thoughts oh. on Instagram. <laughs> so that was back in the day. Oh, no. And then I'm just on Facebook as Little Penny Thoughts. And you have a huge, huge network of people there. On Facebook, you know, we have maybe 360,000. Holy shit. You know, so that just really, you know, and people say Facebook's dead. It's most certainly not. God, I would have thought it was. I mean, I never you know, log on. very much alive, you know, mm. especially for Little Penny Thoughts over there. That's where, you know, the kind of the worldwide, mm. you know, demographic is. Um, and I love Facebook. Facebook is where we were, we were born mm. as such. And yeah. Um, and then littlepennythoughts.com. Littlepennythoughts.com is our website. And that's where we have our merchandise on there. Um, I need to get the the calendar with the, the date calendar. The, day, oh, yeah. the calendar has the the quote today. I asked over maybe three hundred people for their favorite quote. Mm. People I knew, 
and people I admired and and I hope there's some of your own quotes in there as well is there well this was the original okay okay but now our, our 2020 diary is entitled one day at a time and as I say the graphic designer and creator and was my sister Orla or is sorry my sister Orla which is lovely mm. so it's nice that we're, we're keeping it in the family and she's she's so talented in what she does and she can really bring my vision to life and um I, I love the concept of taking it one day at a time and because sometimes we can live in the past and maybe you know be so focused on the future that we forget about the present the here and the now and that's all and I, I think really that's have. one of the most important things for managing anxiety is to take it one day at a time um, and you're doing that and I'm so thrilled to see you feel so well and mm-hmm. that be the driving force of your life and doing what you love and minding yourself and making a difference which you know obviously if we can do that in life it's such an amazing yes. Yes. you know thing to do so That's thank you so much Annette for joining me on Owning It the Anxiety Podcast yeah. and for sharing your story I know it's not always easy to talk about yes. anxiety uh, but I really appreciate it and I know that my listeners will too yeah. thanks so much for having me Caroline hope to see you soon Witness history at Roland Garros, where old rivalries meet new talent on the clay battleground. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. Experience three weeks of unparalleled access as the world's top players in tennis face off to see if the veterans maintain their dominance or if a fresh face rises to challenge them. Daily live coverage of the French Open begins Monday, May 20th. Stream it now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. The easiest way to access Owning It Real Time is to head to the link in the episode description or episode details, whatever you call them, show notes. You will find the link in there at the top. You can sign up right away for Owning It Real Time and access the full library of 10 situation-specific audio guides that will help you own your anxiety even more than you've ever done before.